This is Update One, the podcast of the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. Update One provides a forum for listeners to learn about national and international stories, focusing on journalism and communication issues, news, and politics. Now, the latest edition of Update One. Hello, I'm Bill Loveless, a longtime reporter in Washington and a member of the National Press Club. Our guest today on Update One is U.S. Representative David Cicilline, a Rhode Island Democrat who chairs the House Judiciary Subcommittee on Antitrust, Commercial, and Administrative Law. We're visiting him at his office on Capitol Hill to talk about legislation he's introduced to assist struggling news organizations across the United States. Mr. Chairman, welcome to Update One. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Mr. Chairman, your legislation, the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, is designed to give local news publishers an opportunity to negotiate with major online publishers like Google and Facebook for better business terms. You call it a much-needed lifeline for publishers. What are you looking for? Well, I'm, you know, we're seeing examples all across the country of newspapers and online publishers that are going out of business, laying off reporters, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say local journalism is on life support. And part of the reason of that, and a real driver for that, is that the two large technology platforms, Facebook and Google, essentially dictate to these online publishers and newspapers how they'll use their content. They, they, the majority of Americans get their news through Facebook and Google, through those two platforms. But the content that they use is often your local newspaper. But they really set the terms because they're so large, they have such dominance in the marketplace, they dictate the terms about placement and attribution and branding. And local newspapers really don't have any power in that negotiation. If you're the Providence Journal and you say, no, no, I, I want you to use my material this way or that way, those two platforms will just tell you, fine, forget it, we'll exclude you. and We won't even use your material. So they can't do that. They don't have any bargaining power. And so what this legislation is designed to do is to allow online publishers and small newspapers to come together collectively for purposes of negotiating with the two large technology platforms so they have some leverage and some bargaining power to negotiate terms that will allow them to continue to survive and produce important content. The reason this is so critical is this is an example of what this incredible concentration of power in these digital marketplace means. But it's not, it's not just that, that it's, uh, it doesn't relate to the sale of widgets, for example. Like, oh, it'll drive up the price on this thing or that thing. This is about our ability as citizens of this country to access trustworthy, reliable news, which is a cornerstone of our democracy. It's how you hold elected officials to account, how you expose corruption, how you host, hold power to account broadly. And so this has a really pernicious impact on the strength of our democracy if we lose local news and the ability to access trustworthy, reliable local information. And that's why this is so important. So it, the, the bill would provide an antitrust exemption, right, uh, to news publishers uh, to, to negotiate terms with the likes of Facebook and Google. And we're really talking about negotiating terms uh, to bring to give them a larger share of the advertising revenue, correct? Well, it's really to negotiate the relationship. Uh, you know, it really is about their placement, the use of their content, whether it can be is properly attributed to them. And, uh, you know, it. this is not a permanent solution. This legislation allows uh, online publishers and newspapers to work together collectively for a period of 48 months. This is really intended to stabilize the market 
and stop the near extinction of local news. We have to figure out how do we get this market working more competitively and how do we protect competition broadly and we're doing an investigation to do that. So this is just a temporary solution to level the playing field so those newspapers and online publishers have some power and some ability to negotiate with the big two largest technology platforms so they can survive. And you mentioned an investigation. The Judiciary Committee has undertaken a an investigation recently, broadly, of, of uh, the technology industry, including the online platforms. You're heading up that investigation for the full committee um, and conducted the first hearing uh, yes. recently. And it, it, was on, it was on this very bill. You chose right. news, uh, the news business as your first public event uh, under this investigation. Yes. Why so? Well, because you know, this is an investigation that's going to look at the, the digital marketplace broadly and the, really the impact of these very large dominant platforms and what it means for privacy and for consumers' control of their own data, whether they're engaged in anti-competitive behavior, uh, favoring their own services or products. The reason I started with journalism and local news is because this is an example of where the tremendous concentration of economic power and of control of the market by these two largest technology platforms is having a really adverse impact on local journalism. And I wanted people to understand this isn't just an academic investigation, that there are real-life consequences to this kind of market power. And the loss of local journalism is a really important Thing to highlight as one of the very dangerous consequences of not having a competitive marketplace and not having um, the ability of local newspapers to survive in the face of these two dominant technology platforms. Right, and of course we've seen the the struggle of the news industry in recent years with the newspapers and other news organizations shutting down, uh, journalists uh, laid off. Uh, that uh, trend continues, unfortunately, and that's uh, largely due to the loss of revenue. I was reading recently uh, 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 that the uh, a piece in Vox, uh, digital ad businesses like Facebook and Google will be bigger in the U.S. this year than traditional, that was digital ad businesses like Facebook and Google will be bigger in the U.S. this year than traditional ad businesses like TV, radio, and newspapers. Uh, earlier this year, uh, an organization uh, cited a data research uh, company called Demarketer showed that U.S. advertisers will spend more than $129 billion on digital ads in 2019, more than the $109 billion they plan to spend on traditional advertising. Yeah, I mean, just to give it some context, Facebook and Google last year amassed more than $60 billion from online advertising, the majority of all ad line re- online ad revenue. And in contrast, annual revenue for news publishers has plummeted by $31 billion since 2006. And so you're seeing, as a result of this, uh, there was a Pew report that from 2008 through 2017, Newsroom jobs plunged 23%, with most of the losses coming through job losses at newspapers, where jobs fell by 45% over the same period. So there's a significant reduction in the news organizations because of this, uh, the fact that the ad revenues are going, the majority of them are going to these two big, large technology platforms. And that's despite the fact that people are engaged with their local newspapers and you know, in, in engaging and consuming news at record heights. So people are more engaged, they're reading all the stuff through Facebook and Google, but because the business model has most of the revenues going to the two large technology platforms, the newspapers just can't survive. So when you say uh, this would give the publishers an opportunity to negotiate better terms, we are talking about uh, giving, them, uh, giving them access to more of the revenue, making the revenue uh, Well, giving them more control over how these two platforms use their content. 
which would translate into a financial return uh, for the uh, for the publishers. Um, you introduced uh, this legislation in the past. It didn't go far. Um, you've come back with it. You have there is a, 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 a bi- you have bipartisan support. The ranking member of the uh, House Judiciary Committee is uh, is on the, uh, the bill as a co-sponsor. Uh, there's a bipartisan bill in the Senate, I understand, with uh, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana and Amy Klobuchar, a Democrat of uh, Minnesota, on the bill. Um, what do you think its prospects are for? Well, this year? I expect that we'll move the bill out of committee, and I hope it will pass the floor. What's different this year is the Democrats are in charge. Uh, so, although I introduced it in the previous Congresses, uh, the Republicans uh, were not particularly supportive of it. Uh, I worked hard to make this bipartisan. Doug Collins, the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, is the lead Republican. So the bill is bipartisan. Uh, we've already had a hearing on it. And uh, I expect that we'll move the bill and hopefully it'll have success in the Senate as well. You have the support, of course, of the uh, of the news industry, the various associations of editors and publishers and, and, and those sorts of folks. Um, uh, at your hearing recently, they testified. Uh, you didn't have Google and Facebook there, although I noticed there was a statement by Google saying, you know, we've worked for many years to be a collaborative and supportive technology and advertising partner to the news industry as it adapts to the new economics of the Internet. Uh, and others in that industry would say uh, antitrust exemption is not the way to go. There's perhaps other tools to address the difficulties publishers have adapting to the Internet. I mean, did you consider any other Well, I mean, I think antitrust is actually the, I mean, this is about the absence of competition. It's about companies that are behaving like monopolies who are dictating the terms of the relationship with uh, the news industry. So I think this is precisely what antitrust is intended to prevent, this kind of concentration of economic power and absence of competition and monopoly behavior. And I think the antitrust laws are perfectly suited uh, to, to help fix this. Um, it's Again, this is a temporary solution. It's sort of ironic in a way because you're basically allowing these smaller companies and online publishers to you know, come together for purposes of negotiating. You're giving them a safe harbor for four, 48 months. But it's because the market is so broken, because there is no competition. There's, there's, it's a, acting as a monopoly. So while we have a longer study about how we get these markets working, how do we create more competition, how do we update and modernize our antitrust statutes, we can't wait till we finish that process to provide some relief to our local news media. They're just not going to exist if this continues. So this is a temporary solution to stop the bleeding, frankly, to... to uh, you know, bring some balance to the marketplace and allow these newspapers to survive. Do you get any pushback on the bill from any particular quarters? No, I mean, there's tremendous support from it, for it all over the country from online publishers and local newspapers. I mean, I don't know that Google and Facebook have taken a position. I expect that they don't like the idea of, of empowering the people that they would have to negotiate with, but it's critical that we get this market working. Yeah. I mean, you're a, a member of Congress, you're a politician, you've been a mayor in the city of Providence and all. You've taken any licks from the media over the years, I'm sure, as, as does any politician. Um, but, uh, but still, uh, you feel there's a need to provide this sort of uh, strong I mean, journalism. We need to protect a free and diverse press. It is central to the functioning of our democracy. Uh, I consider the work that reporters do and journalists do, and as you said, I'm, a, I'm in an elective office. You don't always like what they write about you. That's a fact of life, and the reality is we are. it is hard to imagine 
a thriving, functioning democracy without a free press. We need local news. We need journalism at the local level. It's it's the way you expose corruption. It's the way you hold elected officials or powerful people to account. And we would all suffer significantly if we didn't have local journalism. Could you compare this uh, attempt to assist an industry with any other ones you've worked on as a, a, a member of the antitrust subcommittee or your time in Congress? Well, I mean, we've worked in the antitrust subcommittee on prescription drugs, on the consolidation that exists in the healthcare market, and that's really important. Uh, you know, prescription drug prices are a huge challenge, but I don't know that we've worked on another issue that was so central to the functioning of our democracy. Um, the rest of the things relate to the, the, the cost of services or products. That's really important, and we have to continue to focus on that. But I think that this is in a special category because it is so critical to our ability to become informed as citizens of this country and make informed judgments about who serves in elective office and what companies are, are permitted to do. And so I think this is different. This is really central to our our function of our democracy. And you're a member of the leadership team here in the House of Representatives, so I assume that the fact that you would take such an interest in this bill would mean its prospects would be good in the House. You suggested it was before, but uh, yes. you expect that this will be taken up and uh, passed by the House of Representatives. Yes, I hope so. Congressman David Cicilline, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Update thank one. you for your interest in this. It's been a pleasure. Update One is a production of the National Press Club's Broadcast Podcast Committee. You can comment on this podcast or any episode of Update One by sending an email to Update One Podcast. That's Update the Number One Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to Update One. Update One.